Listeners, and welcome to Fatal Follower Presents. We are already in Feb, February, 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 however you say it. And uh, how's the year going for you for 2023 so far? I've been pretty impressed with how, even in the month of January, horror movies were dropping left and right. There's streaming, there's theater, there's, you know, all kinds of things in the horror mix of it all. So what have you had been enjoying um, while you've been perusing your streaming venues and your wish lists and your vinegar syndrome uh, dropping packages at your door? What have you been consuming and uh, what are you excited for for this year? Uh, please feel free to connect with me and let me know. And I always look forward to your messages. And uh, yeah, so that's that. I got quite a few movies, actually, that I wanted to talk about um, briefly on today's episode. And um, I'll start with the movies that I got to screen all on my own. Um, so this first one uh, is called Fear from 2023. This is currently in theaters. And um, it is directed by Dion Taylor, who brought uh, another really fun slasher movie to the 90s teen post-scream slasher mix called Tone, uh, Dead Tone, excuse me. I had to think of it. Uh, it, it was fun. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't bad. It fit the post-scream mood. If you're looking for that, check out uh, Dead Tone. Uh, Fear uh, is not one I would say you need to rush out to the theater to check. I think you could wait for free streaming, maybe even on Tubi for free. I just did not really enjoy this movie. Um, and when I say I don't enjoy a movie, I'm not going to give it like a one out of 10. But for me, it was a very safe five out of 10. Were there interesting concepts at play? Most certainly. Uh, maybe too many. And uh, maybe that was the downfall. I think if there was a, a stronger focus on one specific idea to focus and hone in on, this would have been really good. But it's about a much needed getaway and a celebration weekend turns into a nightmare due to the contagious or airborne threat. So this movie plays very much uh, in line with the current pandemic. And more so, I would say, say you are going to a getaway in the summer of 2020. That's what this felt like. There were people that were very anxious. I mean, there was someone coughing in this, the group of friends. And so obviously people are nervous. You're going to be staying in a, in a hotel for the weekend or whatever. And uh, you don't want to be around anybody sick, obviously. You don't want to be around sick anybody, anybody sick anyways, but especially during the height of COVID. And we don't know, there's no vaccines, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I, I liked the idea of an entity being able to kind of grasp and exploit that concept and treat it sort of like a supernatural slasher where, you know, something is coming for these people and, you know, one by one, and then you end up finding out what happened. Um, I think there were lots of things at play. Was it supernatural? Was there a witch? Was it folk? Was it um, haunting? Was it all in their heads? Like there's so many things happening that 
Um, I think there is a clear answer, but I think it's just too much and maybe could have been dialed back a little bit and just given a really uh, awesome witch story with, uh, with the setting. The setting was awesome where they were filming this. Um, there is a witch element to this that I thought was very intriguing. Uh, I think that could have been maybe the overall threat, but I, I just... I don't know. Like once I once I left the movie, I just I wasn't satisfied at all. Um, was there some cool kills in it? I don't think so. Um, I think maybe the first twenty minutes of it is is like okay. Well, this seems like a cool setup, but it just didn't work for me. So if you end up checking it out, let me know what your thoughts are on it. I'm actually surprised this got a pretty wide release. Um, I thought that this maybe actually should have just been a streaming movie. Uh, there are so many streaming movies that come out that should you would think would be in the theater. So this was just a little backwards for me, but we'll move on. All right, so the next movie I got to check out, I actually do not have Peacock streaming, but I picked up a Blu-ray from uh, MOD Archives, Roy Dam, who I usually shout out to on the episodes. He puts together, uh, you know, made-on-demand Blu-rays for people that either don't have that service, uh, whatever it may be, or they just want the Blu-ray. They want the physical media. They want to keep that going. So as I'm getting ready to sneeze, I'm going to say this movie's title, uh, but it's called Sick. And uh, it is a slasher movie directed by John Hyams, and it's written by Kevin Williamson. And uh, so I got to check out the Blu-ray of this, but you can find it on Peacock Streaming now. While quarantining at her family's lake house during the pandemic, Parker and her best friend are threatened by an unexpected visitor. Uh, this was just released, you know, just dropped. Um, and it was really weird watching the introduction of this movie because a, a new version of Miramax appears. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, is this movie worth checking out? Most certainly, I uh, I was super impressed with this uh, this sort of if there's going to be a definitive COVID horror movie, I think maybe this is the one. It plays on the fears. the The motive is good. It's it's very uh, unexpected in certain ways, and it's got a little bit of that Kevin Williamson kind of dark humor. And more, more so. This one is pretty brutal. It's, it's, it's. I, I loved it. I absolutely love this movie. Uh, I thought it was one that I would certainly rewatch and recommend. Uh, there were some people that I, I kind of connect with online, and kind of we talk about movies we watch afterwards and so forth. And they were like, "No, this movie has too many flaws. This movie's, you know, it's, it's just not good." And I could, I could see where maybe it doesn't work for some people. Um, but for me, it, it just fit the the niche that I was looking for for that day. And uh, I would give this easily an eight, eight and a half out of 10. Uh, recommend it. I'm looking forward to seeing what John Hyams does in the future for horror, if he does. And uh, yeah, I think you should check it out. Recommend it. All right. Another one that I caught all on my own, and uh, I'd heard from some people that it was pretty funny, but not necessarily scary, uh, which is a, it's a funny thing to listen to those kinds of comments or read those kind of comments online where something's not scary that I didn't like it. Well, most of the movies I watch aren't really scary to me. I just love the horror genre as a whole. I love 
watching movies that are horrific that don't scare me. I like watching, you know, comedy stuff. There's so much about horror that doesn't have to scare me for me to enjoy it. So I, uh, I am talking about this movie specifically because I think it would be one that either you'll like it or you won't. And it's called Sorry About the Demon. And uh, you can find this uh, on a certain couple places besides Shudder. It is a Shudder original, but you can find it like on Amazon Prime Video for the premium subscription. It is on Roku Channel and YouTube TV, which I don't know if people even do that, but it's there. Um, so this is this recently dropped, and uh, it is about a young man struggling with a broken heart. He is learning that his new place is full of restless spirits. And uh, that's pretty much the synopsis, you know, you get. Um, I won't reveal any spoilers, but I will say it's more comedy drama or I don't even want to say drama because that might make it sound like it's, you know, slow burn and boring. It's more comedic and the horror tone versus the horror tone having some comedic elements, if that makes sense. Um, there are funny moments in it. It's a dry humor that does build the comedic elements in a way that you kind of have to be paying attention to. Um, the beginning of the movie is pretty hilarious and the very end of the movie is pretty hilarious based off of what's happening. But for the most part, it, you really are with this man that is sort of like a loser and even the demons that are in these or restless spirits or whatever that's happening, I won't I mean, it says sorry about the demon. So there is a demon. They're a restless spirit. Um, it's almost like they don't want to inhibit him or control him because he's such a loser. And it's just, it's funny. Um, there are moments in it that are maybe laugh out loud. Some of them are like, uh, okay, you know, it doesn't always work, but it was charming. And there were some some fun elements when they show, you know, the demon and the, and the spirit. So uh, I would recommend it. I think it was a fun watch. I'm glad it was on Shudder. Um, I, I don't think it would have played very well in a theater. I think it very much fits that tone of a, a low-key night at home, turn off the lights, have some popcorn. It's light and it's fun. So check it out. So I have a couple movies that I was given as screeners. So thanks to all of you that um, continue to send those to me and have me review those. And uh, I appreciate that always upfront. Um, so the first movie that I wanted to discuss was Disquiet. And um, this is coming from SP Media Group. And it's a movie that you will find um in th select theaters on digital and on demand uh february 10th and it is written and directed by michael winnick um it stars jonathan reese myers rachel golding elsie levesque lachlan monroe gary chalk trezo maharo anita brown bradley striker and uh, it's billed as a supernatural thriller horror um so this is the way I think of movies, and this may be correct to you. You may not think of movies in this way in any way, but think of the next time that you go to the store and you pick up a product that's not like fresh fruit or meat or anything, but like a, a container of macaroni and cheese, for example, like a Velveeta mac and cheese box. If you look at the ingredients, the first ingredient that is mostly there has to be listed, right? So whatever's 
contained in this item the most is what should be first. So I think of my movies like that. That's why when I was talking about, uh, sorry about the demon, I want to say it's more comedy drama or like it's, it's not, the comedy is more prevalent. In this movie, I would say it's more supernatural thriller than really horror, although there are some horror elements to it, if that makes sense. Because um, I want to, I want you, I want to explain why sometimes I don't like movies that you may like or explain why some movies I don't like because I don't feel like there really are a horror movie. Do I feel like this is a horror movie? Yeah, I think so. But um, I'll explain a little bit more. But this movie is about um, after a near fatal car accident, Sam, played by Myers, wakes to discover he is trapped in an abandoned hospital by mysterious and sinister forces that have no intention of letting him leave. Are you, as a horror fan viewer, fans of hospital horror movies? Like, do you like movies that are set in hospitals? Like, I I have one, well, I have many. Um, hospital Massacre, uh, which is a fun one. It's a, actually a Valentine's Day sort of slash 80 slasher. You should check it out. Um, there is Halloween 2, which is my actual favorite of the Halloween franchise. And uh, there's a couple others there sprinkled throughout. Uh, I think Cold Prey 2 is kind of set in a hospital uh, for a little bit. Very awesome movie. Um, so I like hospitals. I like movies that are that are set in hospitals. There is a, a movie that came out, I believe, mid-2000s called Dark Floors. And I believe it was one of those Ghost House Pictures releases. And I think that movie would pair nicely with this movie, Disquiet, because of what is happening in the movie and that kind of theme that's going on. Um, but essentially, the first 30 minutes really worked for me because it's really the setup, the Twilight Zone type of style of what is happening here? Why are you in this dark hospital? Why is no one around? Who are the, what are these things that are chasing you? Like, so that, that to me worked superbly. Um, there were some moments that some choices of how they portrayed certain things in the movie, I don't think really worked. Like these, there's a scene like with these two women and I, I, I'm, I guess they're supposed to be nurses or they're, I'm not really sure what's happening, but the acting was really not not that good. And, and I don't know, I don't know what that was supposed to be. And I would, maybe I would have to rewatch it, but it kind of took me out of the movie. Like the tone kind of shifted and I was like, Oh, this is kind of like cringy two thousands kind of, uh, it didn't fit for what I would think would be this kind of bigger release with a, with legit actors and going, you know, for like a Paramount movie type of thing. So I was a little thrown off, uh, which is fine. Um, did the movie work for me? Not really. Um, I would say for me, it's a five out of 10, but I think there are definitely uh, people out there that will like it. There is a crowd for this movie. So if you are into more of the supernatural thrillers set in hospitals uh, with a sort of, I don't want to say existential crisis vibe, but I would say that definitely is permeating sort of the character in this movie. So you should check it out. Let me know what you think. Intellect Theaters on digital and on demand, February 10th. Hurrah. All right. So I have another one here. And um, this one may um, may echo 
kind of my my sentiments on what I feel about um, how I feel about a movie. Um, this comes from 1091 uh, Presents. It's called They Wait in the Dark. And uh, this is an official selection of Fright Fest 2022, official selection for Popcorn Frights Film Festival 2022, and official selection Horror Hound Film Festival 2022. Uh, it comes from uh, writer-director, award-winning filmmaker Patrick Ray from Nailbiter, which you should check out. Very fun movie. Um, and also I Am Lisa, which I have not checked out. I've heard um, some people comment on it and say that it was pretty good. This stars Sarah McGuire, Patrick McGee, Lori Catherine Winkle, and Paige Maria, Chris Balsama, and Megan Flynn. I apologize if I murder all the names that I'm trying to pronounce here um, while I get these screeners, um, but just know that it's in the best of my ability. Um, so what is this about? It's about Amy and her adopted son, Adrian. They are on the run from Amy's abusive ex-girlfriend, Judith. Desperate to stay hidden, they take refuge in an abandoned farmhouse of Amy's family outside of her Kansas hometown. Soon, though, a supernatural force from Amy's dark past begins haunting Adrian. With the vengeful Judith in pursuit, Amy and Adrian find themselves locked in a showdown between the threats both outside and on the inside. Um, did I like this movie? I don't want to say no. It may not just be for me is how I'll word it. This is probably another five out of 10 for me. Um, I think this movie plays more with the ingredients, thriller, drama, horror. Um, is there horror elements in it? Sure. There is some violence. There are some scenes that I was like, oh, that's pretty badass. Um, I liked the actress that played Judith. Uh, the, the air quote abusive ex-girlfriend. I think she was really solid in her journey in the movie because it juxtapositions between her going there and then Amy and her adopted son, Adrian. Um, I just found it a little odd, the storytelling where you're kind of thrust into the narrative and you, it's okay to be not spoon fed what's happening, but you, you kind of are trying to figure out what's happening while you're trying to pay attention to who knows who. And then there's this element of Judith in the background who's chaos and then they merge and then you get a reveal of what's happening, which I think the reveal actually worked really well for what was presented here. Um, I just think it takes a little bit of time to get there. And I think the elements that lead up to the ending maybe weren't as successful building that tension or suspense. I do think that the last 20 minutes were really solid and I, I it made me appreciate the movie really well. So uh, if you're looking for that kind of thriller drama, supernatural kind of horror kind of vibe, um, it's really cool to see queer representation in a movie, even though uh, some of it is very questionable, the characters, which who's to say that queer people can't play questionable characters. I certainly play a questionable character as a host on this podcast. So there you go. Um, but if you're interested in checking it out and, um, you know, I always, I always try to recommend stuff that, um, that I think people will like, even if I don't like it. Um, I think it's, I think it's going to be cool uh, for you to do that, but, um, this will, uh, be available, um, for you to video on demand it. And um, yeah, so it, it it will be available as of this week of the episode that you are um, listening to this. So um, what do you think of that? 
are you going to check it out? You let me know. And the reason why I'm stalling is because for some reason I cannot find when it's available uh, to actually stream, but it is going to be on video on demand. So, and digital. So there you go um, of this week. So that is that. And I want to end the movie part of this episode with uh, one that I just got to screen from Screen Media, Screen Media, excuse me, uh, A Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment Company. I always laugh at that, and it's not in a demeaning way, but more so um, because these Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment Company, the horror movies that I've been given, they're pretty interesting. Like, and, and some of them are quite violent. So I, I'm I'm intrigued as to how that happened. Um, but it's cool, and I'm into it. So whatever. But um, yeah, I think I think you definitely should check out Cryptid, and it really was pretty solid. It really worked for me. Uh, it's going to be available uh, on DVD actually of this week, February seventh. I didn't get details on video on demand or streaming, but um, you know things arrive on those platforms so fast that um, it will probably be there before you know it. So, what is it about? Um, Cryptid is a slow burn whodunit where two journalists must figure out how to stop a deadly creature lurking in the shadows before it's too late. Starring Nicholas Baruti, Ellen Adair, Chopper Burnett, Kevin O'Rourke, Kate McClellidge, and Janine Bartell. Um, this was the best narrative feature and best of the fest at the Adirondack Film Festival. Best director at Shockfest, and it's the official selection 2022 Another Hole in the Head. Uh, written and directed by Brad uh, Rigo, I think is how you say his name. Um, so this is a, I actually would have loved to have seen this in a theater because I watched it on a computer, like laptop sharing a screen. And I think to see this on the big screen, how it was filmed, and there are some dark elements in it, I think would have been a little clearer on a, on a big theater screen, but this movie, it was, it was cool. I liked it. And I wasn't sure if I was going to like it because it's, it's almost two hours. And for a lot of it, you have to be prepared to be kind of on board with the two main characters doing investigative work. And what I mean by that is if you've seen the Mothman prophecies, you get a little bit of Richard Gere going to talk to people like local residents about what's they've, they've seen, you know, with the Mothman's, things like that. And you get to see, you know, the famous tropey scenes of, you know, research and like all that stuff. Um, with Cryptid, you do get a lot of that actually for a lot of the movie. And you get the, the two main characters are so solid and the chemistry is there that it works as sort of like a play on like the Scully Mulder kind of thing. Um, you know, one person is gung-ho about this is what's happening. One is not, but then they start to. So there's that little bit of tension and resistance. And um, so you're on that journey and, you know, getting to listen to people's accounts of what they've seen and what's happened. I think like, I think those kinds of scenes are kind of like what creep me out 
in in when in that type of storytelling it's kind of got that like true crime like investigative element to it uh but this is about a cryptid and this is about these murders that are happening in this town and you know pets are missing and and people are being shredded what the hell is this thing and it, it for the most part like i would say at least like an hour of it hour and you know 15 minutes um, there are some deaths sprinkled in there, really good, solid, effective deaths. And uh, a lot of the investigative work, um, whether it's them interviewing people, finding clues, uh, cryptic clues on a potential cryptid, and uh, really just, uh, you know, kind of like in between that, the characters have history. They're in this small town, and so they're trying to get out of that town, break it big. And uh, one of them may be breaking it big, one may not be. So there's just this kind of back and forth as well, but very solid. I uh, love the acting. All the acting across the board was good. Um, really cool practical effects in this movie. The creature is a man in a suit, which I love. And uh, it's dark, and the movie really gets dark in one uh, in one way towards the latter half. And I was pretty actually surprised about what happens because I, I was a little floored uh, by, by what was happening thus far. And then something happens to change the whole dynamic up. And uh, it, it was, it was, it was good. Um, would I recommend you picking this up on DVD? Absolutely. Um, should this have gotten a Blu-ray? I think so. And uh, yeah, I, I, I say check it out. It's a solid eight out of 10 for me. Um, I, I, I definitely dig it. So, and I think you will too, if you're into those slow burn creature feature type of movies. Um, I don't want to say this one reminded me of, but it kind of had an element too of like antlers where antlers had that like soggy fall atmosphere. Like this one, this movie hones in on the environment the rainy, dark, cold weather type of uh, feeling that you get in the movie. The tone is there and the attacks happen um, in these dark, rainy times. So I like I like that element about it. I think it's cool. I'm, I'm into it. And I'll stop gushing about that movie. So check it out. Um, all right. So in theme with Cryptid, I may have recommended this book before, but I will recommend it again. And I also recommend the author because I think it's worth noting. Um, but this book recently came out. I think it was October of 2022. It's called The United States of Cryptids, A Tour of American Myths and Monsters by J.W. Ocker. Uh, Ocker is an Edgar Award-winning travel writer, novelist, and blogger. His previous books include Poe Land, which I don't have. A Season with the Witch, which I would like, and Cursed Objects, which I do have, and it's awesome. Um, he's also the creator of the blog and podcast Otis Odd Things I've Seen, oddthingsiveseen.com, where he chronicles his visits to oddities around the world. Um, just to give you an idea, welcome to the United States of Cryptids, where mysterious monsters lurk in the dark forests, deep lakes, and sticky swamps of all 50 states. From the infamous Jersey Devil to the obscure... obscure Snallygaster, travel writer and chronicler of the strange, J.W. Ocker, uncovers the bizarre stories of these creatures and investigates the ways in which communities embrace and celebrate their local cryptids. Readers, readers excuse me, will learn about some of the following, like Bat Squatch of Washington, which is a winged Bigfoot. 
um, who supposedly <laughs> emerges from an eruption of Mount St. Helens. Um, Nain Rouge of Michigan, which is a red goblin, uh, the Flatwoods monster, which I've heard of. It's like a robotic extraterrestrial. The Lizard Man of South Carolina, which is like a reptilian mutant. Uh, Glocester, Glocester, Ghoul of Rhode Island, which is like a dragon. Um, there's so much in this. And you can just literally open it up. It gives you a picture, like an artist's depiction of what it is, like the Hopkinsville Goblin. Um, from Kentucky, Hopkinsville, Kentucky, it shows like the picture and it's just awesome. Like if you are into like this type of, um, of this thing, I mean, not everybody's into cryptids and that's cool, but I, I love them. Uh, I live in an area in New York where it's, there's, it's Bigfoot country essentially. So I, I dig it. And I think there's some horror fans out there that this will be for. Um, so I encourage you to check it out now. I've been yammering on and on for almost a half hour now. And uh, I, as you can tell, I get really excited for certain types of horror. And some of the horror that I don't get excited for, um, I still want you to check out. And I want you to let me know what you think about it as well. So as always, you can check out Fatal Follower Presents a Podcast on Facebook, Horror Amino. And you can reach out to me at Fatal Follower Presents at Gmail. Now, later in the month, um, I will probably have another episode drop where I got to review the new Children of the Corn movie, which is going to be dropping on Shutter and in select theaters. And uh, I can't wait to talk about that and some of the things that, uh, that I have checked out that I will share. And by that time, I will also be able to do a short little book review of uh, All the White Spaces, which I've been diving into currently. So uh, stay safe, stay spooky. And if you come across a cryptic cryptid, beware. Bye-bye.